0: Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service.
1: Come on, let's pray. Father, I'm asking that your people would hear your voice today and not mine. I'm asking that your word would shape us, change us, and mold us like only you can. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Please be seated in the house and open your Bible. Open your Bible to Mark chapter number 11. Mark chapter number 11. Actually, first, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse 24. 1 Corinthians nine twenty-four. Then we'll go over to Mark. Know ye not, or don't you know, that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain. Or one translation says, run to win. Somebody say, run to win. win. If you don't know you're in a race, you will not compete. But the minute you find out you're in a race, now you understand that competition is necessary and expected of those that are in the race. 2021 is the year of the arena for our church. There is no more sideline Christianity. There is no more sideline Christianity. The days of the Monday morning quarterback Christian are over. Come on, somebody. You can literally waste your entire life just being critical of other people. You can waste your entire life being critical of other people. Particularly Christians. Who in here is a Christian? Just wave at me. That's two people, Jake. (laughs) You can literally waste your entire life being critical of other Christians. What does it matter how another Christian lives? To you. What does it matter? What does it matter how the world lives to you? The world is the world. Like Jesus never came and said, Boy, as soon as I get off this cross, the entire world's going to love me. On the exact contrary, the world is the world. The world is unredeemed. The world does not even believe that Jesus is king. So why would they serve Him? You can waste your whole life just being critical of others. There are people that are dying that will go to hell if you do not reach them in your sphere of influence. And if you live a critical life, you will be blind to the people that are starving for the word of God and thirsting for living water that are all around you. And the critical blinders that get on people, they will stop you from fulfilling the great commission in your life. And it is so easy to do if you're sitting on the sidelines. But when you're in the arena, and the soles of your feet are stained with the blood of martyrs who have gone before you, it is very challenging to be critical and at war. It is very challenging to be critical and in a fight. It is very challenging to be critical. Uh, The great prophet Mike Tyson once said, I don't know if he's, he might be P-R-O-F-I-T, prophet. I don't know if he was the other way. But Iron Mike said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Because when you realize that you are in a fight, now all of a sudden you realize the criticism of others is not helping you succeed. The year of the arena, everybody say, "Not not cute, but effective. See, the year of the arena is whenever we decide we're not going to be on the sideline. There's no value in you criticizing others. There's no value in you criticizing your neighbor. There's no value in you overtly criticizing other Christians. That doesn't mean that we don't take a stand, make a stand. But it does mean that we don't stand against our brothers in Christ. He said, well, you know what? I, I just feel like I'm the only one. Let me tell you something, prophet. There's thousands that haven't bowed the knee. You might not have met them, but it might be because there's too many critical blinders on your eyes. You get so tunnel visioned on this one thing or these one ideas, and then it's a challenge. So for us, the year of the arena, it's when we're going to get good at fighting the good fight of faith. And fighting the good fight of faith means you relegate your decisions to the commanding officer. The God of angel armies. Come on, somebody. Therefore, you do not war after the flesh. On the contrary, you don't even wrestle with flesh and blood anymore. You, you just cast it down and then move on about your business. But you stay about his business and your business just seems to line up. It's amazing how good your life will get if you start pursuing the will of God in every area of your life. It's amazing how, how so many things that you're trying not to do now, you won't even think about if you'll just do kingdom all day, every day. You'll, it's a thousand times easier to do something than it is to try not to do something. Like when you're, when you're hanging on to a cliff, it's easier for you to hold on than it is to try not to fall. Like, like the concept is not, oh, I, I'm just trying not to mess up. The concept is, let me just get a better grip. Yeah. So in the kingdom, when you stay about your kingdom business, when you stay about his kingdom business, all these other things just seem to line up. Christians that stay on the sidelines, they have to constantly try to watch what they do because they're not doing anything in the arena. But usually, it's very tempting on the sidelines to not be critical of ourselves, but it's easier to be critical of the people in the arena. Because that's where the spotlight is, that's where we're watching. When you're watching a football game on TV, you don't talk about the fans. You talk about those that are in the arena. Matter of fact, people get paid millions and millions and millions of dollars constantly. Matter of fact, they start on television and and on the radio at 5 a.m. every single morning talking about sports in a critical manner. All they're doing is being critical of those that are playing the game, yet they're not playing the game. It's become an entire industry. And that's how society functions. But that's not how the kingdom functions. That's called a Pharisee. Is this too much, Jake? It doesn't feel cute. True story. That's how the world is. The world world talks like this. Tell me all of your opinions because I want to know. (laughs) And the kingdom says, tell me what your word says so I can change my opinions. Tell me what your Bible says So I can change how I think. The world says, what do you think? Kingdom says, what do you think I should think? That's That's why we have a bunch of Christians that look like the world, even though when they die, they're going to go to heaven. Because they're one foot in, one foot out. Because they want the salvation idea, but that's it. Just let me be saved so I can live my life here and still argue about politics till I'm blue in the face. And then I'll go to heaven one day. When the reality is kingdom doesn't sit there and and banter back and forth with world. Because kingdom is above all nations. And so what happens is you become... A part of a new kingdom that has a completely different set of bylaws, rules, and opportunities. The problem is, you still live on earth. So you're supposed to be an ambassador of this new kingdom, bringing these traits to manifestation on planet earth. And when you bring these traits to manifestation on planet earth, you got to understand everybody's not going to celebrate that. There are actually people. That feed off of hating your success. There are actually Christians. That are comfortable with you. As long as you don't pass a level. That they're comfortable with you being at. Everybody say oh me. Because at the end of it. You've got to make sure. That you're paying attention to the fight. And not paying attention to the people that are in the fight. In a critical manner. Because you're a full summary. Of all of your experiences. And the revelation that you currently walk in. And the experiences that they have. Many that you don't even know. Are part of what made them what they are today. And the reason God can forgive so quickly. Is because he knows all the hell we went through. To get us where we are today. So it's a thousand times easier for him to forgive. Than we think it is for him to forgive. Just the same way that when you see somebody and they're ugly to you, you go, I can't believe they were ugly to you. And then you find out that their dog died that morning. Now, all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, I hate that. I had a dog named Roscoe and he died when I was two. And you immediately empathize and you forgive them before they even ask you to forgive them because you have an understanding of what they went through that put them in the condition that they are in. This is how our God is. He sees everything we went through. But if you are in the sidelines and you're just sitting there picking apart play by play, you're like one of the commentators that picks apart a quarterback that doesn't understand the quarterback is playing with the flute. So the quarterback knows what he's going through. The commentator sees what he can see, is critical of it, gets paid for it, and the quarterback is critiqued without all the details. And anytime you are critical of others, you are being critical without all the details. And it has no value in your eternal life. And it has no value in their eternal life. It only has value in the world and perpetuating the concept of picking other people apart instead of deciding to live in the arena and run to win your race. So what happens as, as a group of believers, believers as a whole get a bad rap because that's the bulk of what the world has dealt with. Instead of loving people and pointing them to Christ... We're pointing to Christ and then saying, we'll love you if you serve him. Instead of loving people and pointing them to Christ because they'll know we're Christians based off of our love for one another, not based off our ability to quote the Bible. So then, then we actually live in the arena and then we're having to put a tent up out here because we can't stop the people from coming even before we finish our building. We tell them you have to register and they say, we don't care. We'll just stand outside, put a speaker outside for us. This is what happens when revival breaks out. This is what happens when revival really breaks out. Most people think revival is chill bumps. Most people think revival is the hair on the back of my neck stood up. You can watch a horror movie and make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. Revival is when the insatiable desire for god takes over a region because there's a group of people that walk in love at such a level that they there is no denying that god is among them yes. that's when revival breaks out revival was the first thing that began to de- was one of the first things that began to destroy racism in america still have a long way to go but the great revivals in america are 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 peppered with different cultures and backgrounds, even when different cultures and backgrounds could not legally be together. Because revival comes from love, because God Himself is love. But if we do not run our race as if to win, we'll just get in the race, find ourselves on the sidelines, and be reading the playbook to one another all day long without ever running a play. That's not kingdom. That's Pharisee. I say Pharisee. Pharisee. A Pharisee is somebody that's just critical of everybody else based on their knowledge. And I have found that the more knowledge you have of the Lord, the less critical you are of others. So who had more right to be critical than Jesus himself? And while he was being murdered for you and for me, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Yet we have somebody cut us in line at the grocery store and we feel like all hell is waging against the kingdom and Michael must be busy today.
2: <laughs>
1: the archangel Michael. We don't get a parking spot. We don't, we don't get our seat at church. We don't. We don't... Uh, you know, our, our, our bills aren't paid exactly the way we thought they were going to be paid. Well, I, you know, I gave 10 cents last week. How come I'm not a bajillionaire? And what happens is things begin to shift in our vantage point, And now we become critical, which is exactly what the Pharisees were, which the Pharisees and the Sadducees and those religious zealots, those were the only ones that Jesus was actually hostile to on the planet. In other words, the people that tried to use their knowledge of the Bible to make it difficult to get to God. Your knowledge of the Bible should help people get to God quicker, not keep people from God. Though he slay me, yet will I serve him. Anybody close to me, I tell them, if you're not ready to be a slave, you are not ready to be a minister. My own children, I tell them the same thing. Christianity is being committed to be a slave the rest of your life it is not your life a son the Bible says is the same as a slave until the day of inheritance and a slave means you don't have rights this is kingdom this is why the world this is why the church looks like the world this is why the church looks like the world is because, is because the church has kept so much of their own agenda. And then a lot of great churches are forged in the fire of God. And then you get enough momentum that you no longer need the fire of God. Because you can just continue to duplicate and replicate without the fire of God. So you put the fire of God on the back burner, no pun intended. And you set the fire of God and the things of the spirit outside and you say, we still believe in it. We just don't do it because there's so many people that would be potentially offended by that. And you go on the sidelines when it comes to spiritual matters and you teach and you teach and you might even mention it in passing. But you never give anybody the opportunity to experience what actually set you free. And now you have a bunch of people that live in bondage that will go to heaven instead of free people. I don't know about you. I just want to be free. I mean, really free. And I don't mind telling you, I want to be free. I want to be free in every area. Free of my health, free of my family, free of my finances, free of my love walk. I don't, want to be, I don't want anybody in my life that I never want to see again. I want to be free of all of that. I don't want my flesh running any part of my life. I want to run my race as if I'm really in a race. I want to run to win the prize. I want to see the hand of God move. I don't want anybody offended, but I refuse to offend God. I don't want any person offended, but I refuse to offend the Holy Spirit. So what happens is the church ends up relegating things that are supernatural and powerful that they birthed the church in. The church was birthed in the supernatural. The New Testament church is birthed in the supernatural. If we do not have the supernatural, it's another theory. Can you, can you, I want you to hear that real, real strongly. If we do not have the supernatural, then, then it's a theory. And all the other theories, now you just have to intellectually uh, debate them. Do you remember the prophet in the Old Testament that debated with the prophets of Baal? And he said, he said, hey, you guys build an altar and I'll build an altar. And we'll see which God will light it on fire. Come on, somebody. And they, the, the prophets of Baal danced around and danced around and danced around. And, 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 and the man of God said, you should scream louder. Maybe your God is asleep. One translation said, maybe he's in the bathroom. It got to be his turn. He said, here's what I want you guys to do. Dig a trench around my altar, fill it with water, pour water all over everything, and then back up because we're about to have a bonfire. Because when my God comes, my God greets with holy fire. If we don't have the supernatural, we don't have it. When Moses, when he met God, the first thing he saw was the fire of God. When the Israelites were in the wilderness, the guiding light at night was the fire of God. When the, when the, when the apostles were in the upper room, 120 of them waiting, the only way that they knew that God actually manifested was the fire of God showed up. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego jumped in the fire, they said, this is one of the most comfortable places I've ever been. I love the fire of God. Jesus himself met them, and they had a Jericho march all in the middle of the fire of God. If we don't have the fire of God, I don't know what we have. That's the truth. Because Christianity is not a theory. Christianity is a kingdom. And if you can get a revelation on kingdoms, You can walk it out. But if you remain critical of others, you will become a Pharisee and you won't even know it. I bind the spirit of... the. I bind a pharisaical spirit off of every person connected with this church in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that the scales would come off of our eyes anywhere that we're critical of others, we're pharisaical, we're, we're, we act like a Sadducee, we're trying to measure everybody with the word instead of trying to let the word of God measure us first. I come against any spirit or idea that, that comes against the kingdom of God that would make us... A a critical or overtly critical people. Let us be known for love. Let us be known for the anointing. Let us be known for being healthy. Let us be known for the supernatural power of God. Let us be known for prosperity. Let your people be known for what you want us to be known for. Not a critical spirit. Not judging others. But literally loving people. And pointing them to Christ. In the name of Jesus. I'm talking about a total shift. I'm talking about a real Christian, a Christ one. Jumping in the fight. I'm going to be a Christian on the job. I'm going to be a Christian at school. I'm going to be a Christian at the meetings that I go to. I'm going to be a Christian in my family. I'm going to be a Christian with my extended family. I'm going to be a Christian around my friends. I'm going to change in the name of Jesus and tomorrow I'm going to change and the next day I'm going to change and I'm constantly going to change and I'm going to go from glory to glory to glory to glory. I'm not rolling around in the pit with the pigs. I'm not looking at the slop going I wish I and eat that. I'm saying in my father's house, all the servants are taken care of. And when you finally decide to run back to the father's house, you'll find out he doesn't want you to be a servant, he just wants you to be a son. Yes. Talking about a total shift when literally you just remain in the arena and you decide, I'm not going to be pushed around by the world, I'm not going to give in to criticism, I'm not going to give in to cynical thinking. It's worth the fight. It's worth the fight. Mark chapter 11 verse number 20. Oh good, we got 16 minutes. This is Jesus and he's walking and he comes up against up next to a fig tree and he he was wanting to eat out of, he was wanting to eat uh, a fig and he cursed the fig tree cuz there was no fruit on it. In other words, the fig tree wasn't running its race to win. It had no fruit. The Bible says, you know, a tree by its fruit. So the next morning, this is verse 20, as they passed by that fig tree, it had dried up from the roots. And Peter said to Jesus, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus answered, said unto him, this is so amazing, have faith in God. Now Peter hadn't said anything about faith Peter hadn't even asked him about the fig tree Peter didn't even ask a question He pointed out The fig tree you cursed is dried up If you'll get around Jesus He'll answer questions you don't even know to ask Hey Jesus It's Sunday Have faith in God Hey Jesus The fig tree you cursed is dead Uh, Have faith in God I'll never forget my grandmother, my, my dad's mom. We called her Ma. called the grandfather Paul. They pastored over 50 years together and uh, just beautiful people of faith. And I remember when I was in college, I was going through a class. I think I was in a class called thermodynamics, which was like, it was hard squared. Okay. It was difficult. And, and I remember like, I didn't know if I was going to be able to pass it. I was just studying all the time. i before I went to that college, I'd gone to another college and I played sports and believe it or not, they kind of helped the athletes with their grades. <laughs> it was, so, so when I got to the college and the other next college, man, I was like, but I used to play sports. And they were like, what does that have to do with anything? I was like, oh, never mind. I'll just try to learn stuff now. So I, I was taking this really hard class and I was really struggling. And I, uh, my, my mama, I was at their house one day and, and, and she said to me, she said, how's school going? And I thought she cared, you know. I mean, she asked me, how school going? So I thought she sincerely cared how school was going. So I sincerely answered. I was like, it's so hard. Oh, my gosh, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm studying all the time. I'm working when I'm not studying. I'm, I'm trying to win the entire campus to Jesus. And, and it's just, a. I mean, it's just trouble. And, and I, I thought she was going to have this beautiful prophetic word for me, how an angel would come down and help me with my math homework. You know what I'm talking about? And she literally just says to me, the Lord will help you. And she walked out of the room. I was like, mama, I'm going to be honest with you. Like that didn't help me a lick. Okay. But that's how Peter must've felt. Hey, Jesus, the fig tree, it dried up from the very root. It dried up from the ground. And Jesus just goes, have faith in God, man. Like have faith in God. Like, why are you surprised that what I said happened? (laughs) Well, some some of you need to get a revelation that what Jesus said is going to happen is actually going to happen. Especially if you claim it in your life. Come on, somebody. So he says, have faith in God. Verse 23 He said, verily I say unto you that whosoever, somebody say whosoever. That means anybody. Social distance, just point, don't tap. Just point at somebody close to you. Say, he's talking about you now. That's anybody. Whosoever. Whosoever shall believeth on him shall be saved who's anybody there's no exclusions in christianity come on you don't have to have amazing hair to be a christian it does help it does help you don't have to everybody say not cute now that was rude but effective whosoever that's anybody somebody say that's me whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed. Now, this is right after Peter says to him, he said, hey, this tree you curse dried up. And Jesus goes, Look here, man. He said, anybody can say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. And if, if you don't doubt in your heart, now that word heart, it could also be immediately translated mind. Almost everywhere you see in the New Testament where it says heart, you can, you can interweave it with mind because that's how they thought. That was where the thought process derived from. Even now it does. You're like your children. It's like your heart's walking around outside your body. And you're trying to make decisions based off of your heart. But your mind is involved. Shall not doubt in his heart or his mind, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. Listen to this. He shall have whatsoever. Somebody say whatsoever. Have whatsoever he You don't have everything you think. You don't have everything your mama says. You don't have everything your pastor says. I have what I say. You have what you say. Our daughter is 14. She's uh, a freshman in high school and a freshman at ORU uh, or Roberts University at the same time. She's doing phenomenal. She's writing a paper and it has to be, part of her paper has to be uh, they send it to the to the other class, and the class like critiques it. It's, I don't know if they're grading it or what they're doing. But the 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 one of the things that they were discussing, I think it's a biology class. One of the things they're discussing is is healthcare and faith and how they inter- interweave. And I think it's beautiful that we should talk about these things and how they interweave. And so she's writing this paper, and three times, so it was like the the the. The assignment was, if you were to get sick, you know, would you uh, receive medicine or would you, you know, just faith alone? You know, where, where what does the Bible say? That kind of thing, to go and because uh, ORU or Roberts University has faith all interwoven in all of it. I think it's beautiful, personally. So uh, she writes in her paper, she said, well, if I were to get sick, and then she writes in parentheses, but that's never gonna happen in the name of Jesus Christ, Parentheses. And she says that three times in the paper. So we had had, uh, somebody else review it because it was one of those things where, you know, I've always found it better to check your work before you send it in. So we're having somebody else review it and they said, I'll tell you what stood out to me. The fact that three times in this paper, she's declaring the word of God, even though there's an assignment telling her to write as if it was gonna happen. She says, that's not gonna happen for me. Because you don't have whatsoever you think. Come on, somebody. You have what you say. So the scripture says, uh, uh, he shall have whatever you say. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire. Listen to this. Somebody say, what things? That doesn't limit you to what you can pray for. There's 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 a beautiful song out right now. I think it's called House of Miracles. It's a guy named Brandon Lake. I'll be honest with you, I don't know if I'm crazy about the song, but I like it. But there's a a segment of it, and it, it just says over and over and over again we lay everything at the feet of Jesus. Everything at the feet of Jesus. What are you carrying that you could lay at his feet today? because what things you pray not what i pray you pray that's not at you that's telling you this is how it works for you the fivefold ministry is for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry that means my job is to tell you what the bible says so that you can actually walk the bible out and be an absolute spectacle in the world that you are not of And everybody can look at you and even now all of a sudden conversations start coming to you instead of you constantly having to take conversations to other people about the Lord. Now they're asking you, how does this happen? They say, well, I believe whatever I say. Well, what do you pray about? Well, anything anything that I pray, that I desire, I believe that I receive them and I'll have them. Somebody say, when you pray. You don't believe you receive it when it shows up. The world does that. You believe you receive when you pray. Everybody say believe. It's talking about your mind. Did you know you can determine what you're going to think and believe? Children believe a fat man slides down a chimney once a year and brings presents and eats our cookies and milk. We convince children that that rabbits bounce around the yard and poop eggs. (laughs) Colored with candy in them. They believe it. They asked Jesus, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. He said, You can't even get to heaven. You can't even be a part of this kingdom unless you're converted like a child. What's a child believe what's a child do? A child believes. In their heart and their mind. So the first thing you have to do in this arena life, in this kingdom life, is you gotta get your mind in line. You're not too young, you're not too old, you get your mind trained. Because there's two things that that, that come before your manifestation. I'm gonna give these to you quickly. There's two things your mind and your mouth. It has to first get into your mind or your heart. Use those two words interchangeably. When he says heart, he's talking about your thinking process, your mind, what you actually believe. The first thing you have to do is you have to, you have to decide what you're going to believe. I believe this Bible over everything else. This is what I believe. Well, well, what if you don't know what the Bible says? That's my point. You got to find what the Bible says so you can determine what you actually believe. Because if you don't know what the Bible says, you don't even know what you believe yet. Because the kingdom, that's the, the Bible is our constitution. The Bible is our kingdom constitution. That's what we go back to. It's what we stand on. It's what we refuse to bend on. But if you don't know it, you can't believe it. And it takes you believing it for it to actually manifest. It's 50% of the process before manifestation takes place. You must believe it. But you have to know it before you can believe it. So the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's Matthew 12. He says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That word abundance, is it, it can be translated into the Surplus. So the word of God can't be just a little corner or cavern in your mind or your heart. It has to be the surplus. It has to be overflowing so that it will actually bubble up and come out of your mouth. Anybody ever hit their finger with a hammer? You could have stopped cussing 10 years ago and you still might say something. Is that too real for church? Some of y'all cussed on the way to church. I don't care. It not bother me a bit. Sherdonna cusses like crazy. (laughs) Y'all don't want to sit on that front row, boy. I'm going to tell you right now. It's easy fodder, that front row. Welcome to Beep New Heights Church. So what happens is you got to believe it first So your mind has to get there But it doesn't come out of your mouth Until it becomes a One translation says super abundance It becomes the super abundant overflow of your heart And then it spills out of your mouth So now you're not training your mouth what to say It becomes the reflex of your mind and your heart So that when the enemy comes in like a flood Now God raises up a standard But he does it by what you believe And what comes out of your mouth But you'll never access it if you can't get your mind there first. And you'll never see the manifestation if your mouth doesn't line up with your mind. You can't say one thing and believe another. You ever had that? Because here's the thing. You don't say everything comes across your mind. Even you people that act like you do. Even you people that act like I don't have a filter. I say everything comes across your mind. That's a lie. Get pulled over by a police officer and tell me you say everything comes across your mind. That's not true. You might say more than other people. But let me tell you something. You ought to have a doggone filter. You ought not just be saying everything that crosses your mind. Because what crosses your mind might be a fiery dart. And if it comes out of your mouth, now all of a sudden your mouth is working for the devil, which threw a fiery dart into your mind that you released into the atmosphere. When you actually could have, you could have thrown down that vain imagination and declared the word of God because you're going to have whatever you say. So you got to say what you want to have. You can't just be talking how you used to talk. You can't just be walking how you used to walk. You can't just be acting like the world and acting like kingdom's going to break out. You got to do something very powerful. You got to do like a broken dollar. You got to get some change going on in your life. You got to get some change going on i'm talking about all the time change changing changing because you're changing how you think which is filling up your heart it's filling up your mind and when it becomes an overflow when it becomes a super abundance then it starts to pour out of your mouth and you don't have what you think you have what you say But either one of them can derail your manifestation because it goes from your mind, come on somebody, to your mouth and ultimately a manifestation. But you can't believe you got it when the manifestation gets here. The world does that. You got to believe you got it when you put it in your mind and then it comes out of your mouth and then you stand and believe until that thing shows up. And if all hell comes against you and you don't even see it till this side, till the other side of eternity, you get over on those golden streets and you say, I knew I was healed by those stripes on Jesus' back. But you don't ever give up because you got to change your mind and then you got to change how your mouth talks and then all of a sudden you start walking in a totally new level of manifestation and Christianity becomes the envy of the world which is what it is supposed to be. Because we stop being nasty, critical, sideline judges. And we run our race through the pool of the blood of martyrs and clothed and cloaked in the blood of Jesus itself. And we run our race, not as if there's not a prize, but we actually run to win. We change our mind. We change our mouth. And then what's manifesting around us. I promise you before God, you will feel like you are in heaven already. Because his prayer that he told us to pray starts to come to pass. Thy will be done here. Just like it is there. And then you start living it out and you start going, how could I have ever Believed anything else. The greatest shift could ever come in your life, short of being born again, is getting in the arena. Living a life where you run your race, where you witness to others. I don't know how. Read your Bible your Bible will teach you more in a 10-minute segment than 10 universities and four years at each. Because locked in its pages are the keys to life itself. And when you can get them in here, then eventually it can come out here. And when those two things line up, now all of a sudden your life looks different feverishly different I'm not saying it won't have challenges, but in a weird way, you'll start to enjoy the challenges too because you know if he's allowing it to happen he's already pre-planned your victory all you gotta do is keep your mind and your mouth in line with the mesmerizing word of the living God Until the manifestation shows up And when the manifestation shows up Without arrogance or critical talk You say to everyone who asks Respectfully I told you this was going to happen Respectfully I told you God was going to make a way I'd rather live in a ditch with Jesus Than I would live in a hundred mansions without him I told you this was going to happen I told you my God was going to show up a giant walks in front of me I'll throw rocks till he falls if there's walls that look impenetrable I'll march around them until God says shout but I'm not stopping because my mind has been renewed my heart is overflowing and it's overflowing with the word and out of my mouth and out of my belly is flowing rivers living living water now the people around you drink from the water and just like Jesus told the woman at the well they never thirst again for the things of the world everybody say I'm committed to living my life in the arena I will not be critical I will think the word of God and I will speak the word of God and I will see the word of God Come to pass in my life, in the name that is above every name that can be named, the name of my King, Jesus Christ. Let's give God a big hand of praise. Stand to your feet. Jake, come help us. We're going to make our declarations before we dismiss today. I pray in Jesus' name that you receive something powerful. We're making these declarations, we're doing it all through the month of December, and I'm telling you. It has been, an, all through January, it's been an amazing month already. If you weren't here Wednesday night, the power of God, the fire of God broke out in a supernatural way. So when we make these declarations, remember, it's not just what we say. You got to believe it too. So tell your mind, this is what I'm going to believe. And then out of your mouth, let it flow out of your mouth. And then you stand and believe till the manifestation. Come on, give God a big hand of praise.
2: Lift one hand. Let's read together, starting from the top. 2021, the year of the arena. I declare 2021 to be a year of hell, and I will fight for it. I will see the word of God come to pass in my life, because I am going to speak it and stand on it, come what may. I declare 2021 the year of Bible study, and I will fight off distractions to fill myself with the Word of God. I will consume and digest the Word of God, and when 2021 is over, I will be far more Bible literate than I am now. I declare 2021 the year of discipleship, and I will fight off all my insecurities to share what I do know with others. I am committed to helping others understand what I understand of the Bible, and I will discuss the scripture on a regular basis. I declare 2021 the year of the fire of God, and I am a carrier thereof. I am actively expecting miracles, signs, wonders, and great moves of the Spirit of God. I am not ashamed of the supernatural power of God. Let's put our hands together for the fire of God so faithful. I declare 2021 the year of the arena, and I will fight the good fight of faith. I will see many come to Jesus and experience the freedom he offers, because I am going to be bold in sharing him. I am taking personal responsibility to bring no less than one person per month to New Heights Church. I am thankful that someone shared Jesus with me, and I will share Jesus with others. I, I declare, declare it, I believe it, it and I, I receive, receive it, it in Jesus' name. Put your hands
1: together. Father, I'm asking you to bless your people coming in and going out in the city and the field this day and every day in Jesus name. If you got one more praise locked up in you, come on, turn it loose.
0: I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you. Ready when you are.